it can all be fixed in post. Um, so hi, uh, welcome to Karate Without Belts. It's our first go at a podcast. Um, I'm John. I'm Marty. Yeah, um, we are clearly not from the same continent. Um, and yeah, this, this I guess, just kind of came about through just, God, what is it, like two years of just like back and forth conversations after like yeah. kind of not talking to each other for like... Something like that, yeah. Yeah, like it, it, it's really, I mean, I think it's kind of funny how any of these things begin, um, but like we've been doing this for how long? Oh, well, I first met you in what, 2006 or seven, something like that. So yeah, yeah, 2006. On and off for a long time. And then, you know, I made a decision to hide under a rock and research and do some other stuff sort of on my own and, and cut off a lot of people and you were one of them. Um, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what is it now? You came back, you came back in a big bad way. Um, you got, you got out of that and, you know, I think we all kind of come and come and gone from there. Um, but we've both been doing martial arts you've been doing martial arts much longer than I have. Um, but the better part of three decades. Yeah. 30, 36 years. Okay. Better part of four decades. Um, much better than me. I'm better part of two at this point. So we're getting, I'll get, I'll get there one day. Don't worry. Um, it'll kill, even if it kills me. Right. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's me. It's a lot of um and yeah. <laughs> that's that's the dead noise of this. Well, how about it? How about I add my piece in? So I'm sitting here in the lovely summery day of Tauranga, New Zealand. We're in the North <laughs> Island. Um, it's probably going on 80 Fahrenheit here at the moment. Um, it's stunning. It's two days after Christmas, and I've eaten too much. Um, yeah, after Christmas, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Martial arts, good lord, where did I start? Taekwondo in the early 80s. Uh, pretty much done every martial art I could find within an hour's drive of where I lived at the time. So I've laid hands on most things, uh, most common martial arts anyway. Had a bit of a play and a dabble. I'm not an expert, but I've had a go and enjoyed the tri- uh, enjoyed the, the ride along the way. Yeah, man, like 36 years is, is nothing to blink at. Uh, <laughs> like, seriously. Um, and I know what is it from our the perspective of an American is just that we tend to get everything in like large doses and then it gets Americanized as it were. But I mean, your, your story is much more interesting as in you get everything more or less fresh, but you get it in these very small quantities. Yeah. And that to me was the most fascinating bit is that you guys actually have a lot more authenticity than most American at least probably when I started, um, had, um, probably kind of got watered down as the marketing stuff started, but sure. Yeah. Um, well, see, never, we never really had that in New Zealand that, um, if you roll back to the mid to late eighties, uh, say through to the mid nineties, the whole, um, everyone running around with patches all up the legs of their and, and it was all about I've got so many patches and I've done this martial art and that martial art and I've got 12 black belts and all that crap that never really happened in New Zealand um, we might be seeing a little bit of it now maybe but it, it certainly didn't happen to the um, the way it did in the US I mean I was part of a group at one point where that kind of thing did happen a little bit 
Yeah. But we sort of laughed it off pretty quickly. Um, it just, yeah, it wasn't authentic. It wasn't, it certainly didn't fit the New Zealand way of life, put it that way. Well, yeah, it's it's weird because I, I think it's that's also a population thing because America's got more people and oh. that way it's it's easier for people to start acting that way and advertising. And the more the older I get, the more I realize advertising affects everything. And um, I feel like, especially with the rise, I mean, you mentioned the late '80s and early '90s, like that was definitely the rise of like the magazine culture and the direct. Yeah video culture and all that nonsense oh yeah so i mean it's that's a different topic for a different guy but um <laughs> that whole thing is a different topic for a different i mean like that gets at the, the core of it i mean i guess i need to do my piece um i've done more or less just karate i want to say that and i'm going to use the american karate um not cut out that as it's supposed to be kind of t- said or t as when i really want to get pretentious and have too much alimony. Um <laughs> And my wife starts yelling at me to, st- to stop it. I, I don't really know what you know, Goji. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, yeah, just I've been doing pretty much what the martial art we do um, for the last, under the same name, though under various different people. Yes. Um, wildly. And, you know, I've touched, yeah, wildly. It's wildly. 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 Hell, hell yes. But it, what is it? I've done like a little Tai Chi, the modern Arnese kind of flew by with some of those groups. And um, but when I was in Japan, definitely did do some Kudo and stuff. But that was more, that was a lot of, a lot of people put a lot of like, I feel like a lot of people, um, especially from the quote unquote West, even though you're from Asia, um, we don't really talk about that. But New Zealand and Australia are in Asia. So, huh. right. Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. We always we always say the Pacific, but anyway. Yeah. Um, Asian yeah, yeah. yeah, I suppose. I've never really thought about that. Yeah. Um, but like at least in from the quote unquote Western perspective, um, everyone that people Japanese people take martial arts super seriously. And mm-hmm. they do is and they take anything else seriously, but not to the nth degree that no uh, marketing makes it look like. Um a bunch of, I hung out with a bunch of people who were like farmers and fishermen and kind of just regular town folk. And mm-hmm. they just had a really cool little Kudo dojo right next to the Board of Education. And they just were retirees shooting arrows and bows like whenever they felt like it. That's and, awesome. And it's kind of, I'm just kind of like, oh, it's like golf. Like, it, it's better than golf. It'd be, a, yeah, I'd say, better than golf. Yeah. I don't understand why people have fascination with that. I really don't. But um, I would like seriously. How much room is taken up with go- by golf courses? Now replace that with a kudo <laughs> range, right? That's like a, a I think, eighth, I think we've just of, found something to we've just found something to uh, to campaign on here. There we go. <laughs> replace <laughs> golf with archery. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's an opportunity I've never had. There's, to my knowledge, there's no. Oh, there's got to be some someone somewhere's got to be doing kudo in New Zealand, but I've never seen it. Um, we did have a guy in town. He turned up here a couple of years ago, and he opened a Chinese archery school uh, yeah. in a small of a, a shop that was far too small, in my opinion. 
Um, And then then he had an open day and he said, right, anyone can come along and have a try. And I think if my daughter, my daughter, she went and had a go. And I'm pretty sure if I get the story right, by the end of the day, the guy had arrows sticking out of every mirror, certificate, painting, pretty much every piece of wall that was at the front of the class. And very few were actually in the target. Um, He didn't last too long. He shut down maybe six months after that. So I'm guessing it wasn't a good thing, but. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not... You need to be in an open place to do that. You can't be... You can't... You can, indoor archery is not... It's a, the two words that don't go together. Uh, but, <laughs> it can't end well, I... <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how that... I mean, this, and a dart, like darts and drunk people. Another problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Something that's else probably shouldn't go together, but... But it does, you know, I guess. That's a foundation of our entire culture, man. Darts and drunk people. Come on. <laughs> I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I guess I can kind of, I don't know. The the, the Bring a Computer does remind me of something, and I'll, I'll let that kind of lead us into sure. our discussion. Um, because I remember, because when I'd gone over to Japan and um, before I came back, uh, when I was doing judo, you know, I kind of, because I'd done karate for at least at that point, I think that was at the 15-year mark, um, I had asked, you know, what's the ranking system? What's the style of it? Mm. And uh, a bunch of them had said, oh, we've been doing judo for like 40 years or like 25 years or 35 years, something like that. Um, like an, like a long, 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 long time mm. uh, since we were in high school or since we were in college or since our twenties, and we're talking about talking to retirees. These these guys were well into their fifties, sixties, and go as far as say seventies. Sure. Um, and they shot like it. Like some of the, and I think it, a lot of it was just a retiree activity, but a lot of them were pros, and they had told me like, oh yeah, just um second degree. I'm second degree black belt. I'm um, just third degree black belt. I'm like, but you guys have been doing this so long. How is how have you not been promoted higher? And they're like, oh, we don't feel like going to the mainland, which by the way, I lived on a small island right above Okinawa. Um, we don't feel like going to the mainland and paying all that money. Hmm. Um, which is well, that makes sense. Yeah, which is which goes to say, um, I don't like money for what? And they're like, oh yeah, money for test, money for rank testing. I don't. Hmm. Huh. And kind of, I guess that dovetails our discussion to like. Huh. It is an international thing. It is. Um, yeah. And I think like Japan's kind of the place where it began. I mean, we're talking, we talk about karate and when we think about karate, I mean, like what's, what's the thing we think of the most? Well, I mean, first question most people ask you is what belt are you? Yeah, and that's you find I mean, out you do martial arts. Yeah, what Dan grade? What Dan grade are you? Huh? Dan, yeah, well. what Dan grade? That's it. Yeah, who's Dan? Did he uh, own you a pizza? Yeah. I, I hope he did. Yeah, um, the guy who drove me to high school. Um, <laughs> question is, it happens. Dan is. Uh, I, I have three Daniels in my dojo, and one in particular makes some of the best sigh I've ever seen. But that's that's another story. Don't you have, a, don't you have a, a son day. named Daniel? Uh, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My life is surrounded by Daniel sound. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Think of it that way. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's and this kind of what sparked us talking, like even the title of this podcast, because it's like, sure. what, what? Well, it's a conversation we have all the time. We're always, yeah. well, no yeah. matter what we're talking about, we could be talking about something totally unrelated, and within a couple of hours, somewhere in it, we'll come up with this discussion about rank again. Yeah, and we basically say the same the thing drain. over and over and over. Yeah. yeah, it goes down the drain. So why not get it on? Why not get it, get it on recording and just have it done with, and we'll never bring the subject up again. Of course, well, it'll never we, come up again. Yeah, well, next time we have the discussion, we just play back the podcast. Hey, and, there we go. Done. Sensible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, because um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, what is like? Okay, let's start from the top. So, sure. um, someone asks you what rank you are. Um, what do you say? How do you feel? Okay. And like, so, what, I guess what's your, okay, let's start, let's start this with them. Um, what's your feeling about where you are with it, how you started with it, and then where you're at now with it? Sure. So yeah. there was a time back when, uh, when I was a lot younger, where of course I was quite proud of the fact. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm not proud of what I've achieved now, but right. It's, it, we look at it in a different way. And if someone comes up to me now and says, oh, wow, you're into martial arts, you know, what rank are you? I don't turn around and just belt out a rank anymore. I sort of explain it to them. I say, well, you know, I've, I've got black belts. I have black belts in three martial arts. And then I sort of explain how they fit together without actually mentioning um, where possible without mentioning an actual darn rank saying, oh, I have a first darn, a fourth darn, and a sixth darn. Forget it. I, I just sort of say, well, one, you know, I, I studied classical jiu-jitsu for a very long time and I got my black belt and then I moved to another art, which I studied, I still study. And in the main, I, I have a, a senior rank in the, the main um, lineage of that art that I teach. And then as a sideline, I studied and achieved a, uh, a mid to senior rank in another um, lineage of the same art. And that's pretty much how I explain it to people these days. I don't sort of make any more noise about it than that, really. Yeah, I mean, like, and I, I, I remember when I was a kid doing martial arts, and I remember I was, I was a white belt. And then the big thing was everyone needs to meet at the, the school on Friday because you're going to test for a yellow belt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, that's gonna be the one thing I gotta do with my life." And then it kind of like de- degrades after that. Um, I think you know there was a there's a market appeal to that, but oh uh, man, like you say that that uh, that excitement, that passion, that first yeah. grading. Holy crap! I mean, I can remember clearly to this day, clearly um, my first ever grading as if it was as if it was yesterday. It was an amazing thing. Yeah, um, and and all. All junior rank gradings for all students should be like that. Um, and I suppose, you know, senior rank and black belt gradings should be like that too. But it's different. By the time you've done 10 or 12 junior rank gradings before you get to your black belt, you know, when you're doing your fourth or fifth black belt grading, it's it, it sort of, it's not quite the same, but it should be. I don't know. Well, I mean... I think it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's like growing up, like you get, uh, not many sure, I guess it depends where you live, but it's like graduating from kindergarten as opposed to getting your master's degree. Um, I remember when I got my, when I actually did get my master's degree, like I remember just being like, yep, and it's done. 
Um, right. It, it, okay. wasn't, it wasn't really a big thing to me. But I mean, sure. like, like you know, when you get, I remember getting that yellow belt ranking that was a much more, as a bigger thing, yeah, uh, yeah. at least at that time. And I think it's kind of, you as you get older with it and you, as you mature more with it, you understand what that really means. Yeah, and, yeah, that's um, right. And I think, you know, the best, the best version of it is uh, accomplishment. The best version uh-huh. of it is you, 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 it's recognition. Mm-hmm. You know moment, what I liked about it? Yeah. Here's, here's what I liked about yellow belts, or pretty much all colored belts, actually, was everything I had to know was written on a piece of paper by someone else, and all I had to do was learn it and get good at it, and then they'd tell me if I was good enough or not. I liked that. That was easy, because this black belt stuff, where <laughs> I have to work out what I'm going to do and how I'm going to study and, and how I'm going to teach other people, that's hard, man. I like the easy way. The easy way was fun. I think most people do. And, yeah. But I, I, I guess it's, that's what kind of fuels fuels like bigger dojos and stuff like that is that they have, you know, we we there's a common phrase of like belt mills, but I mean, at the same time, it's not just like ex, you don't have like blank people coming into there and and blank leaving. I mean, they're real people. Yeah. They're, yeah, that's right. And you can actually form a community, a real good. Mar- if you can teach these people to actually become martial artists, then yes. you've done, then you've done your job. Yeah. And if you have to do it through using that, okay, I get that. Um, well, this is a it's a conversation we've had before where yeah. there is a happy mix between a commercial dojo which operates almost like a belt mill but still teaches high-quality martial arts. There yeah. has to be a balance that's achievable there. I personally haven't found it. Um, but th- there's got to be a way that you can get hundreds of people in, teach them really good skills and, and how to be really good people, um, and, and make it easy, make it packaged, but but keep the quality. Keep the quality and the, the, all the essence of the traditional arts. There's got to be a way to do it. Well, like I, say, I haven't worked it out, but yeah, I, I, I don't think very it, hard either. I think don't don't not too many people have. Um, and I think it's just where we come down to where it's like the the more like mainline martial arts, where it's like Shotokan or, or Taekwondo or something. It's like you've said this before, where it's like they have they have a decent package. What comes yep. out of it is kind of whatever. Um, but at least they've got a decent package. Yeah, I think I think for my money, I think it's. You're not gonna get. I don't think it's gonna. You're gonna get hundreds of people, but I think you can get a, a decent. I mean, third decent schools, regular school size of thirty people, in the working on the floor at any given time. Yes. But I, but that that requires strong foundation, having been there a while, having built up a decent teacher base, yes. having reason like for those people to still be there and i think what is it we've been talking like some people have been releasing uh, um kata and stuff online and whatnot and uh-huh. others within our art have been like oh no how dare they they're letting the secrets go and yeah I'm just yeah like, yeah Dude, exactly it doesn't matter they yeah, can show right. every they can they can because most most karate styles do that anyway um most of that's already recorded anyway that's um, right it doesn't matter they're not going to be able to do what Mario Higanoa can do because you yeah, don't yeah, have that kind yeah. of training. Like yeah. you're not training that way. So it doesn't matter 
what's there. It matters how you're trained. It doesn't matter what the belt, like what the belt or the patches are, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it matters the quality of the training. Yes. And you're not going to be able to reveal the quality of the training on a videotape. You're going to be able to show that somebody has good quality, but sure. like, that experience isn't going to be in the bones. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I mean, I guess getting back to kind of talking about rank, I mean, that'll, rank will always spin into every other conversation and every other sure. from that, so is what it is. But like, I mean, I feel like because Okinawa, like, karate's an Okinawan art that was kind of a weird child that was conceived in Okinawa between Chinese boxing, which is essentially like whatever prototype of, of wushu of uh, wing chun mm-hmm. wushu and all that stuff was mm-hmm. and okinawa and whatever okinawa had which was whatever came in on the boats and whatever was breeding there naturally mm-hmm. uh, making a lot of kind of they sound dirtier than it is but like um and then like got, <laughs> and then it got like a, they got into a custody battle with japan and then japan took it away and 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 put it and put it put it in new clothes yeah Right. So, I mean, yeah, the only right. th- the, I think the well, only so did so did the Koreans, you know? Yeah. Well, um, and then it, short of it, the, the Koreans studied karate, be it in Okinawa or Japan, um, did their own thing with it, called it Taekwondo. And they seem to have got the mix right somewhere. There's a yeah. lot of people who are happy with it. Well, and I think a lot of there's been some people I've talked to where have been like, yeah, it's karate. Like we we do the same kata. But there's plenty of people, yeah, there's plenty of people who have Taekwondo rank and they call their schools karate, right? That's a common thing in the States. It's something I've noticed. Oh, um, We don't I see got, it a lot out here. I got to find it. Oh, God. I got to get this this picture up somehow. But there's a school near me. It's sure. a Taekwondo school or it's a Tang Soo Do school. Mm-hmm. And it's, it says like Korean karate or something like that. Yep. And their logo is the Cheshire Cat from the 1950s Disney Alice in Wonderland. Really? It's huh. the we. It's the most surreal thing I've ever seen. And I'm just it's like, how? Did I miss something here? No, no, no. no. It's an opportunity I missed. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I got an idea. I'm changing my dojo logo, man. I'm going to use the Black Knight from Python. That's what there I'm going to. Yeah. That could work. Yeah, the dojo logo is going to become Tis Butter Scratch. That'll do, yeah. Somehow. But I mean, (laughs) like, but the thing is, the Japanese imported that rank onto there. Um, Sure. And it came from, it didn't, so many Westerners want to say, it's like this ancient traditional thing where they never washed the belts. Nah, nah. I'm, I'm fairly sure no one was that, no one was that dirty, right? If the belt got that filthy, you're going to wash it, man. Come on. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't buy that. No, and, and maybe maybe it was like the one guy who did that. and <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah. Look, there's always got to be the one, right? Um, yeah. Everybody else forms up and he's that one guy. No, you stand over there. Y'all yeah. smell. Yeah. And, but, I mean, it comes, I think, mainly comes out of the Dai Nippon Buto Kukai, right? Like, yeah, right. Most of that comes out. We've had this conversation. Yeah. Um, and but they were able was doing the, the the scant research that I did today a little bit about it was like they were 
able to legally demarcate the ranks in mm -hmm. Japanese martial arts mm -hmm. because they were a government program. And then after the war, they're like, nah, you're not a government program anymore. Sure. So, but it, I mean, the, the idea behind it seemed okay. Let's, yeah. let's put everyone on a, on a, a basis where we can compare to maintain quality. Okay, that sounds fine. Um, the, the theory sounds good, but it, it goes horribly wrong um, when it gets in the hands of, of, of I don't know, perhaps less, uh, I don't want to say less honest, but I think you know what I mean. You know, pe people perhaps with a, a, without the, uh, yeah, no, I've lost that train of thought completely. Let's not worry about that. Well, no, I, I mean. Think, the, I think you I, know where I was going. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's too many well, what happened was once they lost their authority, um, which probably was not, I don't know, I don't know what we want to say about that time, but um, because, you know, during the war and all that, but uh, because essentially, with, because Okinawa after that got cut off from Japan. So, right. and a lot of that knowledge, I mean, 75% of the whole land was destroyed. Yeah. So... Whoever was left, or, I mean, there was it was more of a desperate attempt to keep that martial art together as much as mm -hmm. possible, as opposed to before, um, where they were just trying to sportify it or make it something for the military to do. So, yep. you know, they they became autonomous and were somewhat third generation products of that. Sure. Fourth generation, probably, but more like it, but. Um, but then after that, you have the proliferation after post-war of everyone going out with ranks written, and then how long were those guys really out on the bases? What was the really basis for the ranking? And then clearly things got changed once the 70s and 80s rolled around. So yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, heaven only knows that you know in the hands of other people, or as things have developed rather. Yeah. As things have developed, people have got these crazed ideas around black belts. Oh, and, God. oh man. I mean, I'm seeing stuff out here now where, um, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, it takes them a long time to gain a black belt. And I understand, from what I believe, not that I'm a, anywhere near an expert on that subject, but right. they can take seven or eight years, right, to get their first done. That's cool. Ten years, maybe, maybe more. So now I'm seeing classical jiu-jitsu guys, oh, well, we take 12 years to get our first done. Okay, that's cool. Give it a few, a little bit longer, and someone's going to say, oh, we take 20 years to get our first done. Really? That's fascinating. When I was studying classical jiu-jitsu, it was six to seven years was considered long. And, and it was almost like a... It was almost like the three Yorkshiremen sketch, right? Where everyone's trying to compare with everybody else about who's got it the worst. Yeah. And it seemed, yeah, it seemed like, well, I take seven years to get my black belt. Well, I took nine. Well, I took 12. Well, I took 15 and had to have a leg amputated. And it just got, it just seems to be getting worse and worse, stupider and stupider. Um, well, it goes it has to be based it goes, on skill, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can understand longer, but... We've ex we we both have experienced the shorter route on that. Um, oh, absolutely. And where short's not well. It's not that short's not the answer. The answer is if you've got well, this is my opinion. If you've got the skill and you can do what's required, if you meet the requirements, so have the rank. 
because that's no different to how, uh, for instance, your master's degree was yeah. awarded. You I, demonstrated the skill, and therefore you got the the the, um, the degree for it. So why shouldn't martial arts be the same? Well, I, I think it's just based. It's ultimately because there's no central authority on it anymore. It just right. becomes whoever the teacher is who's giving it to the student. And I think a recognition on that's fine, but then it it, it shouldn't build up more than that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and it comes down to who's, who's ever the teacher, and then people will say, well, he's not a blah, 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 blah. Um, he's not yeah. a... He's only a fifth down, giving out fourth down. How dare he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and that he's got to go feel some obligation to go seek out a sixth down. Yeah. Just because he doesn't have it. And yeah. from who? From and, what? And and that's, that's where. Yeah. That's where I think some of these um, larger international organizations actually have it right. Because they are dictating the quality, and it's all coming from, you know, it's because the kudo guys would have to go to the mainland to get their next rank. It's because, uh, you know, you want a, a high rank in, for argument's sake, Shotokan, then chances are you're headed to Japan, let's say, um, yeah. or whatever the case may be. I think that's where there's some value in that. Um, but large organisations are fraught with issues. And it's my experience that the larger the organization, the more watered down the teaching. Um, so therefore, you're getting a rank, but it doesn't actually teach you much. I've stood well, in the room with guys who are higher rank than me and explained to them concepts and ideas about martial arts that they've never seen. And they're, they're saying to me, well, where are you learning this from? I, I study with a guy in Okinawa. Mm, yeah, maybe you do. Um, I study with a guy who trained with an Okinawan guy, and he taught me this. So... Yeah, I don't know. Where's like you know, we're back to that thing again. Where's the uh, uh, where's the comparison? Where's the where's the the balance perhaps? Well, and I think it, there's also an issue of whether or not the rank is, is really that all that important, and and we whether or not having that rank, the high rank, necessarily necessitates quality. Sure. even skill is just getting that rank. Going back to our imaginary friend, the fifth don, looking for the sixth don, I mean, you know, people who do that, I don't think necessarily have a, are in the wrong for doing that. I mm-hmm. just think there's, they don't need to invest so much time and time into that. Sure. Into that. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kid. It's the analogy of the kid rested for, it, the Chinese Okinawan kid wrested from custody into Japan, like where they are forced to carry carry the rank system. Sure. You know, Chinese martial arts don't really do that. And then you look at other Japanese martial arts. I mean, yeah, I guess jujitsu cares about it. I guess Aikido cares about it. Yeah. The the other quality, the like the Aikido, not Aikido, um, like Kenjutsu and uh, idol, idol, and all that. They don't really seem to care about it too much. Just, yeah, yeah, just do it. yeah. So yeah. it's interesting you mentioned the Chinese thing. So here, you know, I mean, here's a an example of Chinese martial arts and ranking. And this, to me, it 
it is probably 100% legit, but it reads as hinky as a hinky thing. So I, I know a guy who he has a high rank in Chinese martial arts, and his certificate is prominently displayed. And his certificate is signed by uh, two other high-ranking Chinese martial artists, which at first glance makes it look legit, really legit. However, if you read the signatures, it's his wife and oldest son. So his wife and oldest son promoted him to his current rank, which is seriously, seriously high. Um, in fact, there's not a hell of a lot higher you can go, to be honest. Right. So you, you look at that, and I, I have to ask the question, uh, you know, so, okay, maybe it was all done with the best of intentions, and, and I assume it was, and um, and it's all legit, and it's, it's definitely recognized all over the world. People recognize this man uh, at the rank, but I have to say, well, hang on, this is what you think, man, it's a bit of a conflict of interest. How can you sign this off? Well, yeah, I mean, is the wife and kid then... High ranked to do that, or were they just they are lower ranked than he is to give him a higher, yeah, rank? Okay, I, I yeah, yeah. that, but like I say, it's it seems a bit hinky, you know, yeah, but, but I mean, then there's, there's plenty of examples in history where a, a panel or a council of people have come together and conferred rank on a single person, and in some cases it's higher than anyone who's in the panel. It's been done before. Um, but it seemed a little weird that it's, you know, wife and son. That's a bit yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean, in that case, that that is definitely weird. And yeah. the thing is, like, who is to decide that? The, well, like, that's the, right. The emperor, the emperor of the world? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Eventually we'll have that. Um, but, like, a lot of that was, like, legal ranking anyway. Um, sure. And used to be a legal document. Right. And so now it's not, and no one is too much to care about it. So it kind of is ends up as a free-for-all. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong inherently with that, and that's especially where I don't want to go and just saying, you know, ah, who, who cares? It doesn't matter, you know, because so many people have, like, banked so much time into that. But the end result shouldn't be what's around your waist is about what's your hands and feet oh, and your mind can what do. What can you do? Yeah. yeah. What can you do? Hmm. In fact, maybe maybe even that statement, what can you do, isn't enough or isn't correct. There's plenty of people out there. There's plenty of people out there getting on in years who simply can't do yeah. anymore. But by God, they can teach other people to do it. And they have done it in the past. So, you know, those the, the really senior ranks, there is definitely that place for recognizing and acknowledging someone's commitment over a long period of time um, when they aren't capable of doing the physical anymore. Well, and that's, you know, if you, if, hey, by the time you're 75 and you're still moving around like you were 25, God bless you. But I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I, I, you got to have those people. Um, as the question is, is that person going, and, and this gets into larger questions of uh, organization and whatnot, which we'll touch on another day, another day because mm -hmm. that's a whole other mess. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, can that person display leadership, which is 
nine out of ten, nine out of ten, nine out of ten. Most schools are going to say once you're black belt, you are now going to be in the rank to lead, not yeah. just to do the thing. Um, that's why I think I wrongly got the other day, as Marty will tell you, um, what the difference between Q and Don was. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at the wrong kanji, but I mean, still, that does make sense. One person has permission, one person doesn't have permission. Yes. Um, so. Well, that's an interesting, as you, you know, you just raised a point there, which gets me thinking, and it might be another podcast topic. You say there, um, you know, okay, welcome to, welcome to Black Belt. Now you're in leadership. How many organizations out there actually provide leadership training? Because right. I can't think of one. Not a single one um, that actually. I got a dog training. Yo, dog. You were worried about background noise. Um, <laughs> yeah, you- I can't. I can't think of a single organization that actually takes a person as a black belt, a young black belt, or any age, and puts a requirement on them where they have to learn actual leadership skill, because most of them don't know what leadership is. Well, um, and the, their only their only avenue for that is teaching, which is yeah. not necessarily what everyone is good at, because that's, that's a it's right. different skill entirely. Yes. Like, so, yeah, I I no, that's that's a good point, and I think that's I, the pitfall of it is that just because someone ends up becoming a high black belt rank doesn't mean that they can teach or teach well or no like yeah. there's some someone um seminar a couple of years ago was trying to remember how to teach a kata um and he literally just said it's part of that and never kind of you know the i i like some of our people from the midwest and in, in the u.s who are just very straightforward and honest be like i don't remember how to teach that kata quite right mike come over here we're gonna work on that i'm yeah. like I'm like yeah, yeah. I mean, like, wow. He doesn't. He's not putting up any sort of nonsense about it. And but the beauty of that, the beauty of that is, at least, it's honest for crying out loud. Yeah, which is, which, I mean, that's the biggest thing with when we once it comes to rank and black belt. Um, yeah. People don't want to because it, it's it's so weird because I've seen I've seen it happen where people hide behind the words. They don't hide behind the actions. They just don't. Uh huh do it and then where they do the actions but they do them for all the wrong reasons oh yes um and it, it, it goes counter to what karate is about sure. so i guess i i i want to put this out there where it's like you know well we we both have rank from different stuff neither i don't think Either of us really are too keen to be like, yeah, this guy gave me this rank. We're not really, you know, we've been we've been around the block with it, but you know, it would to us, it, doing the next rank isn't a big thing. But nope. Anyone else? Hey, if you have a great system and a great group of teachers who are providing that, more power to you. Yeah, I agree. It's um. Yeah, it's been an interesting road where you you look at somebody and you get to know them, you become part of their organization, you yeah, get quite close with them and you assess them and go, Yeah, this seems to be a decent sort of a person. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're happy to accept rank from them 
and it actually feels legit and all the rest. And then, uh, you know, situations change, things change, and maybe it's not quite what it was meant to be. And that's happened to me several times, actually. Yeah. Um, even right back in my early, early, early Taekwondo days, um, I thought my Taekwondo instructor actually knew his stuff, um, even though physically he wasn't capable. Um, he had some medical issues, but he was raising, he had a family of young kids who were very, very capable. Um, and I thought these guys had their, had their ducks in a row and they, they were pretty good. But you sort of sit back and watch for a little while and it, the, the pictures don't match the work. Um, yeah. And then I moved. I moved and I started studying Gojiru and I'm doing Gojiru Karate and I'm loving it. It's really good. And all of a sudden, hello, the head instructor for this particular organization, he's just been done for falsifying black belt certificates. He was getting certificates out of Okinawa and changing the names and the ranks on them. And you're like, what? Where are, you know, and this comes back to the leadership thing. You're yeah. putting these guys, they got high ranks around their waist. They are people who are getting stood up in front of young children and the impressionable people. Yeah. And that not you helping. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. They're helping to change these people's lives, to forge these people's lives. And then when you get down to the long and short of it, they're as corrupt. Yeah. Like, what is this about? Where's the honesty? Where's the integrity, man? But, yeah, yeah I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Um, and it's all about who's got the biggest who's got the biggest certificate on the wall. It's like, how about you just sort your life out first? Maybe. Well, and I think this is this is where it comes down to, like, the – the belt rank system makes people makes people think they're infallible to that, and then yeah, life, yeah. life smacks you in the face, and then no, <laughs> no, no, you're black. It doesn't matter if you're a ten, if you're a twelve degree black belt in ninjutsu go dovru, um, like you still got to pay your taxes. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, and and you know you still got to you still got to you know go to the gym. You still got to work out. Um, that's that's something that irritates me to death, and I'm not no, I'm no champion, but like when people think that their rank replaces their need to train. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that is, that is the death. That is the absolute death of the martial art. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what, that's for me for a long time was like, yeah, I'm, I'm this degree black belt. I don't need to worry about what I eat. I've got this degree black belt. Yeah. Three, three years later. Like no, no, no. Um, yeah. Oh, I think that's another, that's another, we can, we, wow, that's a good foundation for a lot of things, but, um, you know, that leads to kind of being like, you know, if you want to do karate, it's not just about showing up and doing kata. Um, it's about a lot of different, it's about a whole life scale, yeah. life scheduling event, and some people can't do it, and that's fine. Well, that, now, see, now that raises a good point, was, um, you're saying that some people can't do it, so this is about rank again. Yeah. And, you know, I remember uh, several years ago, someone made the point that on a, everyone, anyone can earn a black belt. Anyone can earn a black belt. And I went, okay, think about this. Yeah, on the surface, anyone is capable of earning a black belt. Um, and I approach students like that. I got guys who train with me now, been training for six or seven years, and they haven't graded in four years because they don't have the capability to pass the rank. Right. And I, I now firmly believe, no, not everyone can earn a black belt. 
Um, and maybe that was that was a lesson learned the hard way. I don't mind saying there was a few downgrades were issued that maybe shouldn't have been. But um, yeah, not not everyone can earn a black belt. You do have to have a certain level of commitment, a certain level of physical capability. You can't just show up and keep walking through the door and expect that one day someone's going to recognise you for that. Um, well, otherwise, and, you're watering down the grade. Exactly. And this goes back to the teaching thing. How can yeah. you expect those people to carry on and, te and teach it? Right. Like I, I try to. What is it? When I went to study abroad in college, I had a karate club. Uh, like I graded graded a guy over the summer, and I actually lived with a guy. Um, lived the guy after when I came back too, and good good buddy of mine. Sure. Nice enough guy. Um, probably not the greatest at making friends, but I mean, doesn't make him antisocial. Just you know, kind of kept to yeah, himself yeah. a little more. I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, don't we all? But then it's then I was like I left, went to went abroad for a term, came back and came back to the club. I'm like. Where the hell is everyone? Because the year prior we had like 10, 15 people, and then mm -hmm. there was like four or five, like the reg, like the real regular people. And I'm like, come on, what what happened? And he's like, I, mm. it just no one wanted. To sh I guess nobody likes working out. I'm like, what? Yeah, there's more to it than that. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, um, but that's the thing. You can't just you. I think the biggest thing, especially with that, is you've got to really, if you have a lesson you really wanted to pass on and make sure that's indemnified into your, the next generation, because that's effectively what you're doing with downrank, is that you, if there's a lesson that you think is so solid, is the thing that keeps you going, and it might not be a thing that keeps other people going, mm -hmm. that you need to, to emphasize that and mm -hmm. make that a part of that lesson, whether it's responsibility towards other people whether whether it's uh making sure you teach it exactly like this um and then those people change it and they make it better or they make it different but you know I, if they don't have that passion if they don't love it then it's just something that it's they not going to work yeah. yeah it's just golfing yeah yeah exactly which we've yeah. already we've already decided needs to be replaced <laughs> with our training. absolutely so hmm. but yeah I mean, it's it probably causes more problems than it solves, but you know, I think we're just we're stuck with it. But at least for this podcast, um, we're doing it without belts. Absolutely, yeah. And, and so, okay, so let's okay, let's look at that. Let's get to the core of it. So yeah. I I made some changes in my dojo. I don't know a few years ago now. Um, and I said to the students, okay, here's your curriculum handbook. This is going to tell you what you need to learn. Um, gradings are no longer scheduled every three months. You will grade when you've learnt and achieved the stuff. And um, off we, everyone went, oh, yeah, that's a great idea, great idea. And off we went from there. So nine months later, hadn't issued a single certificate, not one. Wow. And people are coming up to me and they're going, why aren't we grading? Well, have you learnt the stuff? Have you had it signed off as being approved? Well, no. Well, why? Well, because it's your job to do that. I'm like, well, didn't we have this discussion where I was putting it back on you? I'm going to teach you the stuff and make sure you're good at it, but you actually have to come to the party. You have to bring your stuff to me and say, I think this should be signed off. And people didn't get that. They don't get it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still run my dojo to the, um, that way 
to some extent. Um, and people will train three or four months never bringing a handbook to class. And then I'll say to them, you know, you should bring a handbook sometime soon. We could actually do something with this. And they'll bring it in and sign a couple of things off or whatever. And, and then it'll disappear for another three or four months. And then it'll come back. And people just, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm different. But to me, I would see that list as there's the things I have to achieve. So let's get the hell on with it. Do it. So I don't know. And, and that's my experience. It's not quite karate without belts, but it's perhaps belts without structure almost. Well, no, it's structure without it's structure. It, no, it, I think it's different. It's it's structure without without nonsense. Like you're not okay. you're not you're not setting like you're not setting a goal for them. Like oh, get it done by this time. You're yeah. getting it. You're getting it done because the next thing is going to one a is going to lead to b. Because yep. the exercise the the single block they do will do when they're starting as a white belt is going to be the same as the single block they're doing in the kata they do for their black belt test yeah that's right yeah so there's so, the connection right there yeah yeah but the no, question you, is do people need a structured um a structured timely calendar day set big x on the date here's when you're grading every three months every year in order to keep them moving or do we just need a different type of student which one is it and i haven't worked that out yet I think I think having a time isn't bad. Um, I don't. I personally don't think it's bad because it it, it um, sometimes you got to put a fire fire under people to get them get them rolling. But sure. if it, then the other issue becomes though. It's like for for our guiding principles and um, dojo kun. I remember going back to my days when I was teaching college. I would like step huh. into a changing the boys' changing room, otherwise known as Ben's Ben's dorm. And sure. They would be practicing saying it with each other. I'm like, guys, this isn't a test. I mean, this is a yeah, test, yeah. but this isn't like the calculus test you took last Friday. Sure. This is something we're going to be doing every night. So you you should have already learned this. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a, it, there's a balance there I, th- I think you need to have. Um, I think having a time when you can test, but not necessarily – I think a balance could be like you have a – a get-together time that you can test, but you don't call it testing. You call it, like, a, a Saturday train-a-thon or oh. something like that, right? And, and then and then you then you just spring it on them, like, all right, who's ready? Yeah. And then that way, and then that way, everyone's on the floor training. You've covered everything that day. Are they really ready after the fact? So. And that, that brings me to another one. You know, I heard about a guy who ran his jiu-jitsu class like this. He... You would just come along and train and train and train, and then one day when you're good enough, he will present you with a belt. Um, and that's how everyone progressed to black belt. There were no formal curriculum. There was no formal gradings. It just happened out of the blue somewhere. You'd get a belt. And on the surface, that sounds like the almost, to me, it almost sounds like the purest way to do it. It's the right way to do it. Right. But from the point of view of a student, particularly a Western student who's used to structure and curriculums and and defined times and dates, deadlines, things, it's near impossible for them to manage. But the well, uncertainty of it is is unhinging. I don't. I mean, from the Japanese perspective, I don't think that's that to me doesn't even sound like that would be Japanese. I think that's just how he ran it because yeah, yeah. I, I think and I and even then. 
I think from a student, it depends on the student, it depends on the teacher, but mm -hmm. I think to a lot of degrees that kind of just takes the weight off. It's like you're going to get this when you're ready, not when this time is going to be, not when yeah. what check mark has happened, just when you're ready. Yeah. So if you come and train, you'll get it. But if you don't come and train, you don't get it. Yeah, 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 that's right. But I mean, it just depends. It depends on the student and it depends on the teacher ultimately. You can structure yeah. it either way, I think. But yeah, I've 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 heard both cases, and you know, you've got to you've got to find a, a decent middle ground there. I feel. But, yeah. But I, yeah, I think um, what is it? I think we can kind of wrap up there. I think that's sure. too bad. But yeah. yeah, just to kind of end off, I think like, hey, whether or not you're the twelfth degree goju. Nimpong, uh, Bujutsukai, Senpai, Shogunate of, uh, of, of, of the, the Ninjutsu Foot Clan, or if sure. you're just walking into a, a, a dojo for the first time and don't know, don't know, don't have a bell around your waist, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, just keep. People just need to keep working and not worry yep. about it. It happens yep. when it happens, and it happens as often as it does. And it, they shouldn't let it get in between them and training. And Absolutely. how many how many times have we seen that happen? How many times yeah. that happened with us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, when you get down to it, the belt does not reflect your ability to stay alive in a real no. life protection encounter. It has no. no meaning on it whatsoever. It doesn't matter if you are aforementioned 12th degree etc etc yeah. um if someone jumps you from behind when you're not expecting it and hits you with a crowbar you're going down and that's all there is to it yeah um and, and that's lost i think that's lost in a lot of training too is a simple reality um you can practice anything you want wear any belt you want when a guy comes up behind you and hits you in the back of the head with a crowbar you're falling down yeah. um and it doesn't matter who you are yeah no it is not well, I think we'll call it there for today. And, um, cool. yeah, I hope people enjoyed listening to this. Yeah. Dog and all. Rambling mess that it was, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's see if it gets better on uh, on the next ones, maybe. We'll see. All right. All right. Later, guys.